Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. And how are you on this wonderful day? I am fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. And how are you doing? I am quite marvelous today. Oh, I love how you have, you come up with interesting words, different ones all the time. I'm kind of stuck at my fantastic, but it's so true. Well, I'm glad that you're always fantastic. I love that about you. In fact, a lot of times when we're having these conversations, I want to chant with you. I'm fantastic. (laughs) And you can, you can share my word anytime you want. (laughs) Get on my fantastic bus. Can I get on the fantastic bus? Yeah. I like the fantastic bus. In fact, today we're going to talk about being fantastic. We are and recognizing when we're fantastic. I know. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) Over the top. Was that a little too much? (laughs) So today, Lori, let's talk a little bit about self-regard. I think it's a really important topic for us to cover because it's something that's really vital for a leader. But so often we think self-regard means something more negative. It means that we're full of ourselves. And that's not what it means at all. It, it really just means that it's our ability to respect ourselves and to accept ourselves and to like ourselves the way we are. And it doesn't mean that we don't want have things we want to improve upon. And it's not this blind pumping up, oh, I'm so awesome. Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm wonderful. I'm marvelous. But it is just truly accepting yourself as who you are. And I think that it becomes pretty easy to see how that our self-regard is tied to our overall happiness. Absolutely. Yeah. When we're not feeling good about ourselves, it really does bring us down in all areas. I know that's true for me personally. If I'm just not feeling the best, then everything is bad, right? You know, I just look at at personal and career and can make it all kind of a a downer. And it's such a, a call to action, in my opinion, of being able to recognize not just our strengths. Those are are important to to recognize, but also accepting our challenge areas. And it's one thing to accept them and work with them if we want to change our challenge areas, but really just owning it and being okay. And being okay with it. Because so often we look at our warts, we look at those areas that are challenging to us or where we struggle. And we think everybody else is better than we are in those areas. You know, well, Lori Gorell is perfect. And how come I can't be as perfect as Lori Gorell? And understanding that we all have areas that we're weak in. Somebody else may be stronger than you in an area, but in reverse, you're going to be stronger than them in some areas and and being able to own that. 
Yeah. And, and to not even jump into the comparison game whatsoever, the comparison game is dangerous. And I think it can be really deflating it, to ourselves and not healthy, right? That's our amygdala taking over. That's Amy, that's monkey mind jumping in and telling us we should compare to our ourselves to someone else. Yeah. But the thing is, what are we really comparing ourselves to? Are we comparing ourselves to this perceived image that we have of someone else? Because we don't know what's going on in their life. We just perceive that everything is perfect. We perceive that they do everything right. We don't look at their faults and their weaknesses. Or what they've gone through to get where they are or what we expended to get where we are. It's just not a valid use of our energy to get into comparison, rather being appreciative of ourselves and what we've been able to do and making the changes we've wanted to make for whatever reasons and not doing that up against anyone else's accomplishments or Facebook photos. Oh, don't even get me started about social media. <laughs> it talk that's I think where a lot of the danger is, right? And and I think we all are aware of how dangerous it, it is for young people, but also for leaders. It is. And you know, we do look a lot at the dangers. There's been a lot of research on the dangers for young people, but it is not just limited to that group. Like you said, we as leaders fall into that same trap. I know I can, I can personally get on Facebook or social media and I, I try not to get on there too often. And I can see things that are going on and look and go, Oh, well, their life is so much better than my life. But what do, what do people put on social media? Only their good stuff. Well, you get the occasional person that that puts puts the, (laughs) the, the not so great stuff, but for the most part, what people are presenting on social media is their, their upside. Absolutely. I mean, when I think about what I want to post personally on social media, I don't want to share all the, the negative, the ugly, I, I want to rejoice in the good things. And it's like, oh, okay. So I had something great happen. I want to, I want to rejoice in that or, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm at the beach. Oh my gosh, I'm at the beach. You know, this is amazing. And not doing it in a way where you're trying to make other people jealous that you're there, but you just want to share it because it's a happy experience for you. It's something shareable. And most people are not sharing the unpretty things in their life. We all have the unpretty and which is why it's just not valid to compare ourselves to others. Yeah. And so, you know, my biggest tip when you find yourself doing that, when you're looking at social media is you just immediately have to get off, you know, one, because you have to stop filling your head with that stuff because here's where monkey mind and Amy come in a lot, right? So we are prone to that negative bias and, and monkey mind and Amy are going to go, Oh, look what they're doing. Oh, you don't, you don't get to do that. Or look, they just got recognized for something that you didn't get recognized for. Yeah. Not mentioning what you got recognized for last week that they didn't get recognized for, you know, that's already passe, right? So we have to be really careful with Amy and monkey mind and go, you know what? No, Amy, not today. I'm going to be happy for them that they're at the beach this week. And I get to be in the cold, icy, rainy, gray 
lovely place that I am Sounds in. like you're describing what I'm looking out at my window, but regardless, <laughs> <laughs> self-regard is a, such an important facet of where we can focus when we're developing our emotional intelligence. When you have self-regard, you really have those genuine feelings of security. You have inner strength. You have self-assuredness. You're more confident in yourself and you have more self-adequacy. And when you can feel those, they emulate to people around you. So when you are a very confident person and you can and feel good about who you are, other people see that in you. And it's a very, it's a positive thing. And as a leader, it inspires other people to come along with us, to be on our bus. Right. And Don't you want to be on the bus with, with positive self I mean, think about leaders, you know, what leaders do you want to follow? Right. So you know, taking the time to develop this, to not downgrade yourself and especially verbally. And there is a balance between being humble and positioning yourself to be inadequate. Right. And and what we're talking about today is that humble leadership with self-regard. It's not the braggy. It's not the, I hold myself above other people. But it's just liking and being appreciative of yourself. And the other part with people that are in high self-regard is they're not afraid to admit their mistakes. They're not afraid to say they're sorry. They're very confident in themselves. They recognize that we all screw up here and there, that we all have weak areas, and they're not afraid to admit them. And they're not afraid to say, you know what? You were right. I was wrong. Or, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I should have handled that situation better. And a person and as a leader, that really inspires trust. It does. And we've talked so much about how trust is that foundation of a really good team. And as leaders, you've, you've got to establish that trust within your team. Exactly. So when we're feeling more fulfilled and satisfied with ourselves as leaders, or even if we're not in leadership positions yet, we are more likely to take on the responsibility for our own mistakes. We're also often willing to take on responsibility for our teams and stand up for our teams when we feel good about ourselves and saying, you know what, I supported my team to make this decision. If it's not going to work, I'm going to take the fall. Right. You know, what I tell my leaders is when things are going really well, Give your team all the credit. When things are not going well, you take the responsibility. Yeah. You take the credit. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Confident in themselves can do that without just this constant fear of, oh, if I take the blame for it, if, if I take the responsibility for it, then they're not going to see me as a good leader. I could lose my job. You know, all those ugly things that Amy or monkey mind start telling you, you're like, you know what? No, I'm good enough in my job that I know I made a mistake and I'm going to admit it. And people are going to respect that and move forward. And not discrediting your team members going, you know, wow, I'm really sorry that, that Bill messed up, Yeah, but, but Bill won't do that again. (laughs) 
that's where self-regard comes in. When, when we possess our level of self, a high level of self-regard, we're not going to put Bill in that position. We're going to take that on. I know. And how many times have you seen leaders do that? If something comes up, oh, too often. If something comes up, it's like, well, like you said, that was Bill's fault. And they throw their team members under the bus. Well, they're certainly not inspiring trust when they're doing that. And it's demotivating. And generally, it will lead you to more disengaged team members, right? there, Because if you see your leader throwing it on you, you're not very likely to, to take on much. You're not very likely to, you're not going to want to be the fall guy. So we've talked quite a bit about when self-regard is well, right? We feel secure and we're confident. We have a good sense of who we are. I think I would round that one out too with the, I believe I can. Yes. Spirit is very high, but when self-regard is low, there's a tendency for us to be really hard on ourselves, right? It's not always when our self-regard is low that we're throwing the blame on someone else, but oftentimes we're overly harsh and critical on ourselves. We are. That's, you know, again, that Amy and monkey mind comes in and it's like, you know, if we make a mistake, instead of saying everybody makes mistakes, I have my weaknesses. It's that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so stupid or why am I in a leadership position? You know, one of these days they're going to figure out they put the wrong person in the job. I can't do yeah. this. that imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. That That's an example of at least fractured self-regard. Yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of times too, that you see a low self-regard come out when people are constantly dissatisfied with the way they look. You know, it's always, you hear the people, if you compliment them, Oh, you look really nice today. Oh no, I don't. I'm so haggard or my hair looks awful or I'm so fat. All these things about their appearance and they don't look at themselves in the mirror and see themselves as better. The that comes up quite a bit. And I, I there is a, a woman that I, I follow on Facebook, but she is all about positive body image right? To help people with that very specific line item of that poor self-image, that body image, the, the looks and her whole focus as a coach is to shift people to have positive body image and bless her, right? Cause that's a, a huge thing for people very specifically that can really be holding them back in a lot of areas. Well, you know, I just had this conversation yesterday with a client and I, I asked her, would you say these things to your very good friend? So she was being very hard on herself about some things. And my question to her is, what would you say to one of your friends? Would you use these same words to a close friend? Well, no. Okay. Well, you need to use the same words you would say to a close friend to yourself. You need to be kind to yourself. You know, you need to give yourself a break. And, and look at your positive aspects. And then as a leader, your self-image can lead to that poor morale with the group. Because if you have a very poor self-image, they're going to think, why? Oh, gosh, you know, this is my leader. You know, I didn't get one of those strong, confident, you know, capable leaders because this one is always telling me why they're not capable 
why they're not good enough. They're portraying that image. We want to follow leaders who are very confident because that confident gives us confidence in moving forward with our jobs. Right. And there is the balance piece because there is the the leader with lower self-regard, but there's also on the other end, you know, you catapult into overly high self-regard, right? And that can come across as arrogant. I think some people, when they were gossiping about their overly arrogant leader, they'd probably say, oh my gosh, they're such a narcissist. They only ever think about themselves, right? So there is an opposite end of the spectrum. And what you were just describing is that balance, right? That confident leader that you're willing to go into battle with, not because they are overly inflated or they're deflated, right? They're right there with you in a nice balanced place to lead you forward. Yeah. And I, that's why I think bringing up your mistakes and admitting to your mistakes and knowing your weaknesses uh, is really important in that arena and being able to say to your team members, Hey, you know what? You're better at this than I am. So why don't you take this, you know, or I like to say, I want to surround my people that are way smarter than I am. I will have a much better team you know, if I surround myself with people that are way smarter than I am and then let them do what they're smart at and not get in their way and, and be able to say, you know what, you know, one of my team members who does all my social media and my graphics and marketing and stuff like that, I'm like, you, you just take that and run with it. And then, you know, I'll just see it, you know, the end, here's my ideas. I'll see it at the end, but you take it and run with it. I'm not getting in the middle of it because I will mess it up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important to know where you need to step back. And when you have good self-regard, it's easier to step back. It is. You don't fear that people are not going to see you as being a leader because somebody else is doing on your team is doing something good. You're going to see that as promoting the team. So we've talked about not comparing ourselves to others and the dangers of social media. And it's also for us to practice, truly practice being accepting and forgiving of ourselves as we are of others. I think that's a critical piece. Isn't that a hard thing to do is I think it's harder to forgive ourselves than it is to forgive other people. And that's why I said to my client yesterday, what would you just say to a really good friend? Sit down. And when you're having those hard conversations with yourself is practice, you know, okay, let's pretend like I'm having this conversation with Lori Gorell. And she was saying all these things to me. I'm going to write out what is it I would tell Lori in this situation and not focus on what it is I would tell myself? And this is the stuff when I wake up at night, it's usually the things that will keep me up are something that I am beating myself up about mm-hmm. rather than forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much more quickly I could get back to sleep if I were better practiced at being accepting and forgiving as, of myself as much as I am of other people. I would just about put money on that you could get to sleep faster if you did practice that. In fact, we know somebody we can talk to and we can ask about that. She was on our podcast in the past talking about sleep. I would love to run by Tara and say, okay, Tara, am I going to sleep better if I start forgiving myself more? <laughs> yeah. Giving myself some grace, the, the same grace that I give other people. Yeah. And, and really listen 
to what other people are telling you when they are validating you, when they are saying, you know, good things is take notice of that, not in that arrogant sense, but more in, you know, maybe I am doing a good job on this, or maybe they do see me as really capable in this particular area. And write those things down and kind of look at them and go and recite them back to yourself to kind of help validate when you're having those, those tough times. I think that would help us to act as if we're feeling more confident. If we have that to reflect on, there might be a a time or a situation where we're not feeling as self-confident, but if we have taken the time to appreciate what others have given us as feedback that positive feedback to really lean on that when we're not feeling it all on our own. Yeah. You know, sometimes you really do have to fake it till you make it. And one of the resources that I love to give clients is the Ted talk by Amy Cuddy from Harvard business school. I love that one. I have her on my desktop because I send it out to so many people. Yeah, I have have it on my desktop that and, and the paper that she wrote and I send it, you know, on a regular basis. And basically it's just, it's practicing those power poses and, you know, just letting the chemistry in your brain change when you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm nervous about something, or I'm not feeling confident about something and how, you know, using your body to be able to generate that when you're not, it's kind of that fake it till you make it. And it's amazing how then it comes to you, right? It is. And, you know, and for anyone that wants to go out there and listen to that, I will put the link in the the show notes because that's a good one. And, and she talks about how we, we change our chemistry. Yes. When we do that. Yes. And my client yesterday, it was wonderful. I had sent her this particular video and we were talking about some things and she said, so here's what I did differently at my meeting the other day. And she was telling me how she did things differently. And she said, it was amazing. And I said, so how did you feel after the meeting? And normally she goes into this particular meeting, feeling a little anxious and, you know, defeated. And she said, I just felt on top of the world. Like when I was standing up there giving this presentation, I felt much more confident, even though I wasn't when I walked into the room and it just changed everything. And she said that somebody had made a comment to her afterwards about her presentation and how good her presentation was. And all she just made a few little minor tweaks and that went a long way in helping her in her self-regard. I think that same line of thinking really supports us. We've talked in other podcasts about uh, networking and how for most people, it's not our favorite thing to do. But if we can employ some of these same things when we're in these uncomfortable situations like networking, because if I most people are network adverse, and when you employ this fake it to make it or the power posing, it can really shift your outcome in those situations as well. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to have to talk about journaling, right? Well, of course, we're going to talk about the Lori King Taylor journaling. <laughs> You're just going to have to brand one and, and sell it. I actually, I have one in the works, believe it or not. Uh, and I didn't even know that. I, I promise to our listeners, I was not plugging her, her upcoming journal, but it's very appropriate. There is one coming. But sit down in your journal when you're having one of those one of those moments is sit down, list out all your positives and then list out all your negative feelings. 
and then how they affect you. And then how can you change that conversation in your head? So if you're having something that you're not feeling particularly confident about, what can you do differently to raise that level of confidence? So maybe you are in a meeting and you don't have the expertise that you feel like you need to have to be able to talk intelligently during that conversation. Well, then maybe you need to study up on it a little bit more. If it's you, you don't feel confident giving presentations and you feel like you look like a blundering idiot. Well, maybe then you need to practice giving presentations. So understanding all of those areas, and then there's usually something that we can do about it. And then if there's not learn to accept it. Well, this, you know, really goes along with setting ourselves up for success, right? Doing that practice. It's also setting ourselves up for success when we acknowledge where we don't shine and to, if it's a situation where we can delegate, if it's a situation where we can pull in another team member's strengths, right. To recognize when we do not have to be everything and to surround ourselves with people who it's a great balance. Yeah. Right. We all have different strengths and I think another thing to set ourselves up for success is not taking on more than we can handle, not biting off more than we can chew, because that's not setting ourselves up for success when we do that, because we always feel like we're behind. Yeah, well, and we can't give 100% to so many different areas. Okay, Lori King-Taylor, are we ready for the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? I think that we are. And I think the first one is to really have the ability to respect and accept yourself liking the way you are, warts and all. Yes, yes, yes. Second, I would say recognize your strengths and your challenge areas and be willing to admit not just the challenge areas, but also where we make mistakes sometimes. Absolutely. And then the third would be avoid comparing yourself to other people. Never serves at all. It doesn't. All right, Miss Lori Gurel. Well, I really did enjoy this conversation with you today. I did as well. So I am off to practice self-regard and put it into action as it relates to my overall happiness. I'm going to stay on my fantastic bus. Oh, you stay on your fantastic bus and I'm going to come along with you. Fantastic. Till next week. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.